Live at 5 Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, for a Timberwolves victory, the coach didn't seem really pleased by his team's play afterward. Uh, talk about Coach Finch's assessment of the game. Yeah, so Edwards scores 44. Towns really didn't play his usual, you know, aware game. They ended up beating a team lacking its two stars. And I just, you know, I don't think he's been pleased with the flow of the offense, even in some of their bigger victories. Um, you know, they, they have a guy who can get a shot at any time in Edwards. They have a really talented shooter in Towns. But the, I don't think the ball has really flowed the way it should in his offense this year. Uh, they have enough talent that, and they play good enough defense that they've made it work, you know, in a very high way, high level. But I think I thought he was right on picking that as an opportunity to say, okay, yeah, Ant scored 44 and you beat a team that you should be, but let's not be too happy about that. That's not going to be, that style of offense is not going to work well against better teams that have their stars on the floor. Um, and, you know, I thought Ant predetermined that he was going to take a lot of shots. I thought Towns was trying to, you know, get his shot instead of just play through the offense. And, you know, basketball, when you're t- for talent games, basketball is a constant uh, battle against human nature, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Edwards can, can shoot. But he can get the shot, his shot off anytime he wants. So, and Towns, you know, he's a 6'11 guy with long arms. Of course he can get a shot off anytime he wants. And that makes it too easy for them just to get a shot when they want to instead of playing through the offense where if they all – just move the ball and move their feet uh, and drive and kick, then you're getting wide-open threes and contested threes. You're getting alley-oop dunks instead of trying to dunk over to defenders. So I, I thought Finch was right on. Yeah, and he talked about uh, pity parties some guys are having uh, when uh, shots aren't coming their way, that they uh, kind of put their head down a little bit. And and uh, he, he said it's pretty much the whole team. But is there anybody in particular that he was uh, kind of uh, you know talking about that he didn't want to say? I thought last night it was Towns. Hmm. Uh, I thought Towns Towns is a very a very good passer and usually a very willing passer. And I don't know if he was reacting to Ant just trying to get his own shots or whether you know there's something else going on in his head. But I thought he played more selfishly than usual. Uh, and you know Edwards and Towns are both very capable of getting you five really creative assists. And that was the kind of game last night where they were going to get trying to get their points without moving the ball. And again, it can work to a certain level. These are very talented individuals, but it's not the right way to play. Yeah. Edwards uh, quoting, I, I, I put it in my mind before the game, I'm probably going to shoot every time I touch it. I came to that with that mindset and whatever I was going to do, I was going to do. You know, so and, and and he does get like that. And, and that flows to other guys, right? I mean, because the ball goes through yep. Edwards first. And if he's playing selfishly, that reflects that that spreads out to other guys. Yeah, and and I really think if you look back at some of the greats, uh, you know, and Brook Jordan is the easiest guy. And LeBron's always been an unselfish guy, mm-hmm. but Jordan, you know, early in his career, he wanted to dunk it every time, and then he wanted to be the leading scorer, and then he wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be the superstar, and he wanted to shoot the. I mean, you know, he was he was somewhat a selfish player in the early years. He also didn't have a ton of talent around him, so it made itself made sense for him to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, once he started realizing championships were really what he wanted, what you'd see so often was him spending the first quarter or most of the first half getting other people involved, mm-hmm. creating, uh, finding the flaws in the defense. And, you know, as the cliche goes, letting the game come to you. Um, well, you know, that 
what Ant and Towns were doing last night was the opposite of that. You know, so I'd much rather see Edwards trying to involve his teammates early and then taking over, you know, as the primary scorer down the stretch than than just having the mindset he's going to shoot all the time. I just don't think that's the right way to play. Yeah. So what fourth year for Edwards, ninth year for Towns? Will it come to them that they'll get to that point that each night they're thinking team first? I. I think in general they do. I thought last night was an aberration, which is what ticked off Finch so much. Okay. I, I really do think they're both willing to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it just this. I really think the defense. You know, they went through some early practices in training camp, and Finch was so disgusted with the defense that he really just started having defensive uh, practices and emphasizing defense. And now this team is an excellent defensive team, and they're hanging their hat on that. And it's hard to fix everything at once, you know, and and now he's getting to a point where he, he feels really good about the defense. This team has very high aspirations, and he's he's trying to correct the offense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think those guys are selfish, innately selfish. I think they had a selfish night last night, and Finch is just trying to steer him back on course. Yeah. Uh, go for men's basketball team, 9-3. and three. They've had a pretty good non-conference schedule. Uh, they'll play again tonight against the Maine Bears. Braden Carrington is back in practicing with the team. Rumors floating he might transfer, and Ben Johnson kind of took exception to that and uh, said that we know what he's going through, uh, and it was uh, you know irresponsible for that to get out there. But that's a rumor that's going to happen when a guy steps away from the team in this day and age in college athletics. No doubt about it. Um, and I really think Braden, Braden seems like a really good guy, mm-hmm. and he plays really hard. He's a good defender. They recruited him. They thought he'd be a really good shooter, that he would be one of the stretch of the defense three-point shooters, and he just hasn't been that. So, you know, setting aside whatever struggles he's going through, um, I don't, you know, he could transfer. I don't think he could transfer to another school the size of, and, of Minnesota with the way he's played so far. Mm-hmm. He has not proven himself enough that he's going to go to Ohio State, like, you know, like battled it. So I would suggest the best thing for him would be also be what's best for this program was for him to just try to get through the rest of the season and, and you know stay mentally healthy and see if you can improve your play a little bit and then make a decision in the offseason. What's a realistic over-under for Big Ten victories for the Gopher men? I'm really having trouble with that because I, I don't want to just bury them. Yeah. Uh, and they have played better basketball lately and they've gotten better guard play and there are a lot of little things they're doing well. I just don't know how it matches up against good Big Ten teams, you know? So I think they, I think because they play really hard and Garcia looks very determined to be, you know, kind of a star in the Big Ten and some of the other people have started filling in their roles, I think they can win some of their games against the bottom half of the conference. I just don't know how they match up in terms of talent with the top half. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe they're a little bit better than last place. I just don't know how much better. Caitlin Clark has made women's college basketball the place to be. They they have huge arenas. Didn't they play an outdoor game even where they had like 80,000 yep. fans in a football stadium? Uh, uh, I think that was a couple of Iowa schools. Uh, the Gophers get a chance to go down there and play uh, this weekend. I'm sure it'll be a sold-out arena uh, for that event. This has been building for women's college basketball. There's been stars in the past who have each kind of elevated and made the awareness of the women's game more and more, and, and Clark has just kind of taken it to the next level. Yeah, I think college, women's college basketball is benefiting from a lot of things. Uh, one of them is more media coverage. Mm-hmm. They've earned it, and they still get their fair share, but they get more and now they're getting on TV more often. Uh, I think 
one of the biggest things you got to have when you're growing a sport. You got to have readily available games on television. I think there are still too many that are on like ESPN Plus, where you got to pay the extra just to see an average regular season game. I think that's the wrong way to go about this. Caitlin Clark is spectacular, and I think there was a debate a couple of years ago: who's better, Paige Beckers or Caitlin Clark? And Paige is a wonderful player, but Caitlin Clark is bigger, stronger, yep. shoots it better, has more shooting range, is a great passer herself, and has been dominant. Paige, Paige is wonderful too, but it's really, you know, you look at Paige, Caitlin Clark, Mara Braun, and you're just seeing a lot of upper Midwestern players really making a national run at this. I think also the fact that Don, that uh, you know, Gino Ariana did a lot to popularize women's college basketball. Back to Don Staley, you know, a great women's player, uh, now a great coach, has given us another program that you just you kind of look, you know, you see they're on TV, you want to flip over and watch them. A lot of things are going in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt, uh, fun to watch. Unfortunately for Paige Beckers, uh, she's had some injury issues too in her right. in her career. There, she's wonderfully talented, but as as you mentioned, just not the physical size that Caitlin Clark. Uh, possesses and and she just has such command of the game. When Caitlin Clark walks into a twenty thousand seat arena, it's all eyes on her. Yep, and I think Paige has that too. I mean, I covered the Final Four where Paige played in Minneapolis, and people people were all watching her. You know, mm-hmm. she was the biggest name in the game, even with Leah Boston, uh, number one draft pick, playing for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, it's really almost like you know, do you do you prefer Stockton or Magic? You know, I mean, sure. the, the pure. The pure point guard who's a brilliant passer who can also score, or do you want the person who can? I, I mean, I, I maybe, maybe it's more like Stockton versus Jordan. I don't know. But the thing about Paige is, she's an excellent shooter. Uh, she has good size for a point guard. She's incredibly creative off the dribble. She knows how to run offense. One of the biggest differences is Paige considers herself a pass-first point guard, even though Gina wants her to shoot more. Mm. And Caitlin Clark just embraces it. Hey, I, I'm a shooting guard. And I'm going to get my assists, I'm going to get my rebounds, but I'm going to punish you with my ability to make shots. And Paige is so unselfish, she just doesn't think of it that way. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, well, great game. Uh, good luck to the Gophers uh, down there. And, Jim, Happy New Year to you and uh, yours, and we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Excellent. Happy New Year. Jim Suhan uh, joining us here on Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Championship game of the Red Bracket of the Bremer Bank Holiday Classic comes your way. Pre-game coverage tonight at 7.